Hey, good hey. evening, gentlemen. Hi there. What's up? Hi. Before we get started, I I wanted to uh, touch on something that's that's really important. Uh-oh. Um, Eating time. Okay. And I know there's there's a lot of stuff that's going on in the world these days, and uh-huh. so you know my carving out my little bit of it um, seems pretty insignificant. But this uh, what I'm about to bring up has affected me in, in a lot of ways, and and really has has flowered out and affected a bunch of people that uh, I care about as well. So I just wanted to to take this opportunity to to, to, to touch on it. Okay, that's okay. Yeah, please go ahead, proceed. So last week at band practice nick you were there mm-hmm. you know we, we don't have a lot of we can't play with a lot of volume so we play through headphones correct right mm-hmm. okay and uh, as everybody knows most headphones these days come with a uh, a small a mini trs or an eighth inch I'm so glad you plug at the end of, yeah yeah at the end of the the headphone jack there um if you're connecting to any kind of pro audio gear you're going to need to in a what's called an adapter mm-hmm um, to adapt that eighth inch plug to a the quarter plug, inch plug, the little like headphone for your iPhone, into like the right. bigger one, right? Right, right. Greg, are uh-huh. you familiar with what I'm uh, talking yes. about? Yes, yes, I'm using yeah. one currently. Yes, mm-hmm. right, right. As am I. As am I. As are many, many folks out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're my 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 point item. is, mm-hmm. um, you know, we started band practice. I plugged into the headphone mixer, and uh, I could only hear one side of my audio. Okay. The headphone adapter had broken. Okay. And um, this in isolation is not a huge deal. Uh, it held up practice for um, uh, only five to ten minutes um, while, we f- while we found it, another adapter. But it is very, very frustrating. Very and frustrating. Um, the reason that I'm bringing this up is that this is actually the, uh, I, I went back and counted, it's the sixth eighth inch sixth. to quarter inch adapter that I've used in the last three months. Wow. I don't feel as though I'm particularly hard on them. Um, I, I tend to treat my audio equipment with care mm-hmm. and respect. Yeah. You have but, really nice uh, bags. I I do, mm-hmm. I do. And I, I labeled them well, Yeah. Um, for what it's worth. Yeah, you love labeling things. So, I know that I'm not the only person out there in the world that this is affecting. Um, it just seems as though the uh, marginal level of quality on headphone adapters has gone into the toilet. Um, well, follow I don't know up, if this follow is... up question. What, what, where are you, sure. what, what's, what range of sources have you tried? Sweetwater, okay. uh, Guitar Center, okay. um, you know, local music stores, Amazon. Amazon. Okay. They okay. all seem to be sourcing from the same crappy Chinese facility somewhere. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm getting, I'm getting ahead of myself here. I, uh, the quality of these adapters has gone way down the toilet, and I think the time has come uh, for us as consumers... To stand up and uh, and say something about it right now, right? So I'd like to take this forum um, while I have the open mic to announce um, the formation of what I'm calling the Alliance to Restore Sanity in Electronics Stability um, or Arses. (laughs) (laughs) It's my um, it's it's a foundation. You know, we're going to be bringing together like-minded people. To um, address this this concern, yeah, right, yeah, mm-hmm. okay, right. Of which I know, at least I have two compatriots, yeah, here with me. Oh, sign uh, me up, fellow artists. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. so, How can I help? Uh, right. Um, so you know, if, if you're interested in getting on the newsletter, just go to arses.com. Arses and, unite. Um, yeah. Right. And uh, arses. Yeah, you know, check it out. You can find I, out I more information there. This. We didn't talk about that. Right. Okay. Right. So. I just wanted to throw that out there before we got started. I appreciate the time, guys. Okay, you're doing you. you're doing the Lord's work. 
Yeah. Well, somebody has it. to do it. Yeah. You know, it's it's gone too far. It's gone too far. Right on. Thank you. Right. Thank you. How how are you guys? Oof. How are you guys? That was Nick, heavy. How, Nick, how are you doing? How buddy? are your adapters hey, holding up? I'm. You know what? With after that we got that out of the way, I got nothing. I have nothing to complain about. <laughs> We're just done. I'm gr- I'm great. <laughs> I'm great. Yeah. You great. Greg, it looks like you're back at your own base, man. I am. I am. It's good to be here in L.A. Just got off uh, another little yeah, run was, with the Red Knots. How we was played, Texas um, and Oklahoma and Arkansas? Everything was great. I will I will tell you uh, a, a highlight, um, oh, yeah? which Ooh. was, uh, so in, we get to Fort Smith, Arkansas. I actually knew this was going to happen, but we had, uh, there was a, another show happening and it was like three blocks away and i was like well that's gonna be that's gonna be tough because you know we have a little competition mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yes you, you guys familiar with the band Candlebox? oh hell yeah sure yeah. are so Candlebox was playing like three blocks away and fort smith is not that big of a town so okay. we're like, oh boy, <laughs> that's okay. gonna, that's gonna, that might hurt our business tonight. Yeah, but that's okay. you're definitely cutting into the same audience there a little bit. A little mm-hmm. bit, we figured. But yep. um, definitely an overlap. Good, but, but the uh, the upside is that for the last uh, year, their drummer has been a good friend of mine, BJ uh, BJ Kerwin, who's from oh, okay. the BJ Baltimore, Baltimore DC area. Nice, nice. So we knew we were going to be in the same town playing in the same night. And so we'd already made plans to hang out after, like between sound check and performance. So he came by. We finished our sound checks at the same time. He came by, checked out where we were playing, which is a nice place. The Majestic, it used to be called the Rib Room. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scott Tornet had he, with Grace Potter. He, there's like a big picture of him and, nice. and Grace Potter like that they signed from back in the cool. day. A lot of cool bands cool. play there. And they were playing at a, te- a Masonic temple that's been converted into like a, a, a theater uh, space. In a space. Yeah. 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 And so he, uh, BJ came over and then uh, he was like, let me show you what we're working with. And so I went over there and they got their big production and tour bus and all that. And that was fun. And he's like, yeah, the guys are, are going are having lunch. Let's, let's go um, meet up with them. So before I knew it, I'm at a table with like Candlebox, which is now nice. most, it's only one original member, but it's the singer, Kevin Martin who you know sang on all those hits back in the day mm-hmm. and sure. and really was like kind of the guy that uh, i think like the main songwriter i wasn't there obviously but sure that's that's what uh that's what i'm told at least and so it was it was just fun because i sit down and they're like hey man what's up where are you playing tonight and i'm like the majestic down the street they're like who are you playing with i'm like well i'm playing in a chili peppers tribute band and this guy kevin goes i mm-hmm. hate the chili peppers oh, oh no <laughs> oh so, but he goes he, so so I, I i'm like i'm like hey man listen i know they're not for i know it's not for everyone and uh <laughs> he's like he's got this lisp that rick rubin got rid of somehow but you know he kind of talked like this and then and he started doing these really good impressions of anthony kiedis to which i said hey man you do a really good job with that you wouldn't be interested in auditioning would you (laughs) (laughs) so so we had like you know we we had we had a good time but he's yeah yeah but he he was he was fun and um it wasn't like so. It was. It wasn't surreal or anything like that. But you know, and it's especially, a little weird to be hanging out a little, with Candlebox. Just in the I guess middle a little of weird. Um, in but it was, yeah. But it, once I realized, part. once I realized, like, oh yeah, this is the voice of you know, like, kind of one of the voices of 
growing up you know yeah like, sure and he's he's out here doing this this his thing and um but he's a he's a fun guy and then uh we caught even a couple songs like their first two songs and they're rocking man really nice stuff so anyway that's Hell uh yeah. you know <laughs> that's awesome uh, yeah so that, 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 that was a little fun and uh i hope to see him again a good candle box re- reference yeah. for uh yeah love it and apparently so he can go. do a, an impersonation of uh anthony kiedis <laughs> yeah he has he had, he had stories about him that he, he calls him Lil, little anthony he, was, he wasn't a, he wasn't a big fan okay <laughs> all right <laughs> but anyway the shows went well and um they're out there rocking bj sounded awesome yeah good running into those guys now are they and, doing uh, like their? Are they doing their hits, or are they do they have new stuff they're putting out? They they have new stuff they're putting out. Um, yeah. Okay. Cool. But definitely the hits as well. Um, yeah. 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 So yep, there you have it. Keep an eye out for uh, Candlebox. Candlebox. Any uh, any idea how uh, how you guys fared comparatively? Oh uh, well, they definitely had uh, a bigger turnout that night in Fort Smith, but um, yeah, that's just the. I mean, that's the way it goes. You know, they're they're, they're a much bigger production. Sure. So. But but, but, the, good both, show. but they yeah 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 they, good show and the guys came uh, BJ came back and caught the end of ours and got to hang out a little bit more then it was it was a crazy storm so and we had to take off so unfortunately we couldn't get into too many shenanigans but it was a good time nice yeah, yeah played at Kane's Ballroom the next day and in this place is in Tulsa oh, nice. and I've, I've mentioned it to you guys before I mean Jay you got to like see this place one day Nick you too but Jay especially I'm so jealous like, man it's like a country it, it's it's country and rock like just yeah. it's a historic place and uh mm. so i was i was t- i was telling actually uh the guys in the band in candlebox like w- where we were going the next day because they were, they were asking like well, what about tomorrow night i'm like tulsa oklahoma we're playing this really awesome place called canes what it is it's been around since 1920 and kevin martin's like i know what the f- canes is who do you think you're talking to <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, right. well done. Excuse me, Mr. Martin. <laughs> right. Of course you do. But he, Sorry, but Kev. He, of course you do. But he's he was uh, he. They so did where a, are you playing tomorrow night, <laughs> Kevin? Yeah, yeah. Well, they played this big old casino and did, uh, yeah. But it's 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 nice. I mean, they're they're really great guys, all of them, and uh, nice. You know, so it was it was fun and just funny. <laughs> yeah, that's funny, awesome. Yeah. Dude. So there you go. Very cool. Very cool. Right on. Well. Guys, I hate to break it to you, but we have a huge show on our hands tonight. Let's do this. Oh, we got a lot of clips to play. We're gonna right. have a lot. Of, we're gonna have a lot of fun tonight. So oh, why yeah. don't you say we get it started? Da. Let's do Let's it. Do it. Yes, that's right. You are listening. You should check it out. Candlebox fans, one, two, and three. Yeah. <laughs> In order. <laughs> we are. Uh, no, I, I, I do like Candlebox. I, yeah. I have nothing bad to it's say. Not to like. No, this is. You should check it out. Uh, this is episode 137, gentlemen. And Bird Clock. It's excited Bird to join us. Yeah. Candlebox fan number one. I. I yeah. I, sh- yeah. I misspoke. Yeah. Well, that was. Yes. We're, we're two, three, and four. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Happy to have you here with us tonight. We got a lot of stuff to get through tonight. Right I, on. I, the, normally, this is the time of the show where I kind of give like a really crappy preamble, like discussing what everyone's going to do. But I feel like I'm going to give too much away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I will just say before we get started that uh, both Nick and and particularly Greg have some really fun stuff for you tonight. So as always, stay tuned. I know I everyone just tunes in for the for the J portion of the show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going up first. You know, guys. If you, you want to stick around, there's other yeah. stuff after you. 
Feel yeah. free. Yeah. It's your, it, yeah, but it's your exactly. call. You don't have to. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> without further ado, let's, let's not keep the folks waiting. Um, guys, I'd like to talk about a gentleman named Eric Gales. Okay. Uh, he's got a new Gales. album out. Craig, I know you know him. Nick, I don't think you're aware of him. I just kind of became aware of him. I knew the name, but I, I hadn't really heard anything from him um, until very recently. He has a brand new album out called Crown. Mm-hmm. This is the opening track. It's called Death of Me. Check nice. us out. Let's do it. My name is Eric Gales. Any questions? singer he's been uh, fronting his own band since 1991 and um, I'm gonna do something that we don't do very often here on you should check it out I'm going to skip to the solo in said song oh because it kind of paints the picture a little bit more than the beginning of that song okay. <laughs> I'm a friend, not your enemy. I'm your ass when you cannot see Boy can play some guitar. Yeah, he can. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who is this guy? Well, Eric Gales has been on the radar. He was born in 1974 in Memphis, Tennessee, okay. and uh, it released his first album in 1991. He was hailed as like a child prodigy. The first album was when he was 16. It was with his brother Eugene on it as well. And uh, he's kind of been cooking along, and I, I guess he hit the scene before I was really too aware of modern blues music Mm -hmm. and by the time they kind of like blues revival like Kenny Wayne Shepherd and like Johnny Lang and uh, Derek Trucks kind of came on the scene like 97 98 
Eric Gales had kind of faded into the past. I never really caught on to this guy. Okay. Greg, when did you become aware of him? Uh, more recently. I forget yeah. how exactly. I think like so through some NAMs. He was doing a lot of stuff at NAM. Yeah. That's yeah. the best thing I can think of, yeah. Sure. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> now, I mean, to be fair, I'm not really a fan of like the what I call like wanky blues mm-hmm. <laughs> like this. Um, you know, like blues for the that exists for the sake of like shredding on the solo. Yeah. Like right. that's not really my my thing. And that might have been why he just hasn't been on my radar because the guy's an, an incredible guitar player with an incredible pedigree. He's played with great players. He played with Carlos Santana at Woodstock 94. Wow. And toured with uh, him for I, a little I while. I had no idea. Yeah. He's played with a bunch of people. Um, he knows what he's doing. He came up in Memphis, like has the like I said, has the right pedigree, but just has never been on my radar. I think why he has come into kind of public consciousness lately is because his last two albums have been produced by Joe, Joe Bonamassa. Bonamassa. Joe ah. Bonamassa. Joey B. Okay. Our favorite guitar player. Who, who, Sunglasses you know, guy, honestly, right? you know, kind of same class as Absolutely. As, yeah and and it's not my favorite tone but man like once i heard about this album and i heard some of the press that it was getting gave it a spin and i was like i really i really like this guy like i still don't the guy's just got such incredible chops he sounds to me and greg you can correct me if i'm wrong on his but he sounds to me like if eric johnson like really dug the blues yeah he well I'm sure you'll 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 touch on this later, but there's reasons why he has a sound who's, that's different than others. Well, one thing is he's he's everything's strung upside down. Oh yeah, well yeah yeah. So that that's pretty incredible. If you watch any videos of this guy playing, like he plays in the style in the style of like Doyle Bramhall II. He plays a yeah. left-handed guitar, a right-handed guitar mm-hmm. upside down. He plays it left-handed. Yeah. Oh, but the Only, strings are Hendrix still strung normally. No. That's a common misconception. No, so, oh, yeah. right. So Hendrix played a right-handed guitar, left-handed because he was left-handed, but the strings were strung normally. He so it. okay. The, yeah. So the 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 big strings were on the top, closest to his yeah, head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a right, right, right. So he, but the fingerings and the the chord shapes were all the same. This is the opposite. It's just taking a right-handed guitar and just flipping it to the right to the oh, left-handed okay. side. So yeah. all the strings, yeah. everything's inverted. Wow. Right. right. Now, if you learn it turns like out, that, you know, I mean, it's not going to be that big of a yeah, deal, but it's still, but it's makes it harder to learn in a way because a lot of the things that you're trying to you do are invert gonna, all charts and stuff like that, like right tabs and stuff would be a problem. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, that's definitely part of it, but even like chord shapes that have been, desi- you know, yeah. are like now you wouldn't suddenly, be able to follow like the Mel Bay chord charts. Yeah. <laughs> no. I mean, you'd have to just yeah. com- like mirror image everything. Yeah, and the crazy thing about it is that he learned that from watching his older brother. He's like the he's like the youngest or second youngest of five boys in his family who are all musicians, excellent musicians, and he learned it from his older brother Eugene, who was left-handed and played that that way. So he learned that that style. Oh wow! But Eric Gales is not left-handed; he's right-handed. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So he just learned it that way, and he's like, "I'm just gonna keep going with it." He didn't know any differently. Right, right. And once he found out, and people were like, "Why the hell are you playing that way?" He's like, "Well, I've made it this far." So yeah, Albert <laughs> King, Dick Dale, right? Doyle yep. uh, is another one. Yep, um, absolutely. And it is a different sound. Eric Johnson doesn't play upside down. Definitely you know. not. 
<laughs> I was talking more about the like the virtuosity and kind of the tone as well. Oh just yeah, that very yeah, yeah. clean, very punchy tone. I mean, the the dude plays through. He has a signature amplifier that's a 250 watt solid state head. Oh, really? and just to give some perspective, like most guitar players, like I when I go out and I play in a club, I bring my Fender Deluxe, which is 22 watts. It's a tube amp, and most people say if I have it up past two, that I'm way too loud. <laughs> right. So, like, and he and Eric plays with two. 250 watt solid state amps like right. it just must be deafeningly loud uh, the whole idea yes. is just to provide a whole bunch of clean headroom and add some pedals onto it but right on a- anyway different sound really cool the album is great i mean i i really like it he gets into some to some personal aspects of his life you know he's been on the road basically since 1991 has dealt with some substance abuse issues he served jail time and uh for possession of narcotics in 2009 He's now five years sober, and a lot mm-hmm. of this album is talking about dealing with that. It's also talking about uh, racial issues in America, uh, but not in a really condescending or preachy way. It was kind of just a refreshing album to me. And the funny thing to me is, like, I remember hearing blues rock albums like this coming out in the 90s. Mm-hmm. But you don't really hear albums like this anymore. And, Greg, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Like but Johnny it's like, Lang and Kenny Wayne Shepard and, like, those yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, older blues guys as well, like songs about playing guitar, right. you know, or how great I am at playing guitar mm-hmm. or like yeah. how bad the blues are. Like, <laughs> you just don't see albums like yeah. that anymore. It's really kind of no, like a he, 90s yeah. throwback. He, he's, he's, a, he's a genuine, you know, cat though. I mean, he, you know, he's, he, he's got a voice and... Um, oh, yeah, yeah. But all, all this stuff comes back. Maybe it's time. Exactly. When you yeah, have the right know, he, he players, kinda, yeah. And uh, just to kind of put the the capstone on this, there is a track on here where he features Joe Bonamassa, and this oh is kind of the the hit single of of quote unquote hit single of this album. Sure. Are you guys ready for a guitar duel? Oh boy. When was the last time you heard a guitar mm-hmm. duel on an <sighs> album? Come it's, on. It's been at least a week. <laughs> a week or two, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I say all this in jest like normally this would be an album that I would kind of like poo poo but I really enjoyed it the guy just has such musicality and a great voice and I, awesome. I, I mean no disrespect like it's it's. I really enjoyed the album so cool. the guitar duel with Joe Don- Bonamassa I'm going to play just the guitar duel part it's fun have a good time with it you're going to hear Joe first what's it called followed by Eric yeah. and then they go back and forth this one's called I Want My Crown Now for the people in the back, I don't know if y'all can hear me real good, but it's time to step in the ring. Me and you, let's get it, Joe.
So there you go. There I'll you let go. it. I'll leave it up to the audience to determine who the winner of that was, <laughs> if anyone. It's all of us. We're, <laughs> We're all, all winners. winners. <laughs> that's, that's right. Great. That's right. <laughs> so that's it for me. Good on you, Eric Gales. Uh, Keep it up, man. You're doing something right. Um, yeah, check it sounds his, great. Ch- check his tour dates. He's definitely coming around. He plays in places that you wouldn't expect. I'll I'll say that. Like, uh, he, like he'll smaller play venues. In, yeah, smaller venues for sure. Yeah, um, sure. sure. I mean, you know, I'll he, to see him up close. Those yeah. are cool. Those are great shows. Indeed. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Nick Klein, on to you, sir. Well, you got you got you got two guitarists and yours. I got two drummers on mine. <gasps> two drummers. Yeah. Yeah, right. I I I, uh, I was playing a little. If you like, then you'll like that game of just kind of clicking right. around. And uh, Nate Smith, Nate Smith led me to Derek Hodge. Oh, this yeah. is an you've album. Been on such, album you've been on such a Nate Smith quick kick. I, I really have. I just think the guy's feels are just so, so wonderful. Yeah, he's awesome. Um, and so I was like, all right, whatever. I'll just put this on. It's the first one I clicked. He has a new album. Actually, it's an album that came out. I guess it's coming up on two years now, um, about a year and a half, called Color of Noise. Noise is spelled with a Z. Um, And this is the opening track off of this album. Uh, This is called The Cost. That I'm hard time understanding why walk. you would like that one. That Nick. livened up an evening walk quite a bit. <laughs> Holy crap! <laughs> he just started running. I, no, do not. I was just like, do what? Just stop. I was like, I gotta process all of this. This just, it's a lot of subdividing. Yeah, these are. This is actually two drummers, which I learned after listening to it numerous times and trying to figure out if there's a video of this somewhere so I could see how the hell anybody could pull this off but it's uh, uh justin tyson and mike mitchell kind of trade off drum duties on this album uh but i didn't i i mean i was reading up on Derek hodge he's kind of been all over the place and playing for years won some grammys for some uh work he did with i think common yeah i think so too okay and maybe um, and robert glasper maybe yeah he yeah he's, he's done a good bit of work with with glasper and um just another another exciting you know this guy's a bassist and composer it's a very chill album but it's got drums like that, so it's nice. It's quite, quite interesting. Uh, a lot of energy. So 
yeah, check that out if you're interested. And my topic today, I read a, a really cool article in the Times over the weekend titled, Where Jazz Lives Now. And it yeah. kind of goes through, um, it basically, it, it, the, the bulk of it is going through where jazz has migrated in the past two years uh, for as, you know, as jazz clubs have closed because of COVID, like the music hasn't stopped. Um, so where are these people playing? And uh, it's basically a hodgepodge of like just restaurants that'll just be open and let them play on the street. But it's also a lot of people's homes or people's lofts. Yeah. And, and then it kind of takes a turn and talks about the history of jazz and how in certain moments there's been like these massive jazz revivals and kind of makes the case that everything's kind of aligned right now. Like there's all this exciting energy, there's a ton of young talent and, uh, and, and just there's just so much momentum right now for this genre. Um, so I, I thought it was a really cool article. I didn't know if you had, guys had a chance to read it or had any thoughts, but... Um, yeah, 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 I took a look at it. Well, well, first of all, this is another one. This is not the first article that we've brought in that was written by Giovanni Russellino. Yeah, oh, that's right. Uh, but Giovanni uh, was was he was on the DC scene for a while, and he was doing this exact thing. He was like, "That's how I met him," because mm-hmm. he was setting up uh, small jazz shows. Yeah, around DC, a lot of homies would go and and play or hang at, and I would show up and listen or what. I think he did. So, he he set up uh, some shows with for Funk Arc back in the day. Um, but really smart, nice guy, and it's great mm-hmm. to see. He's always like a, a strong contributor now at New York Times for in the jazz, uh, yeah, you know thing. So, um, him talking about New Blue, which is a space that I've checked out before in Manhattan, mm-hmm. um, and I, and uh, again, some homies, some some of my New York friends are always excited when they have a gig uh, at New Blue, yeah. Um, so it, it's yeah there's you find these like uh these spaces create themselves if they're if they aren't already there you know mm-hmm. and uh i mean i saw Derek hodge down the street in an alley with robert glasper <laughs> and terrence martin they just set up and put posted it on their instagram and it was like thousand it was like maybe two thousand people there you know wow. i think it, it was just wild and uh um, yeah so yeah th- and those are super exciting fun gigs even though the sound quality might not be like off the chart i didn't pay anything anyway you know so yeah. it's just like whatever i'll come i'll go see what's up, what, what's happening that's and, a stroke of brilliance over here sure that sounds like a fun yeah, free thing <laughs> exactly yeah no i thought it was a brilliant article and i really the, the section where they're talking about how in New York and I imagine across the country, like there was this split in the late 60s whenever there were guys like Ornette Coleman, mm-hmm. Cecil Taylor, and John Coltrane. They were really trying to do something very different, very mm-hmm. avant-garde. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was kind of this split, you know, because people going out to a jazz club, yeah. you know, to have the experience of going to a jazz club, quote unquote, right. don't want to hear you squawking on a, you know, a, ten, a soprano saxophone for an hour and a half necessarily right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but obviously people who know those artists and follow what they're doing and believe in what they're doing that's they're that's really in, that's yeah. really mm-hmm. important music and it seems like there was like a split there as there as there is in every kind of music but you know in, in new york you can still go to places like the you know the vanguard mm-hmm. you know or any of the big clubs um in soho like to see quote unquote standard jazz Mm-hmm. Right, you know, and jazz as it continues to evolve has had to find smaller and smaller places to continue to yeah. evolve. 
and it seemed and it's great to know that it's a it was this whole article was written by a guy who would know you yeah. know who is in touch with that that whole scene and it was great i yeah. loved it i didn't even pick up that it was that was giovanni but yeah this yeah he's he, he is he, he writes a, a great uh, a great narrative and yeah it it also seems like the crossover of a lot of these artists that are also on the kind of on the cutting edge of wherever this genre is going or or whether there is kind of going to be an uptick they're also so involved in like in kind of this 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 thread of of the hip-hop or rap community that yeah. So, so they're also kind of like getting paid gigs, which is cool. So they're they're making a living, you know, doing the work and then and then doing this as their serious stuff, which is absolutely which is yeah. like the perfect model, right? It's it's Zappa's yep. rock album set up as well. That's which right. Is just yep, record the silly music because that gets people dancing. <laughs> so I can do my serious music over here and afford mm-hmm. a, right. afford a, an orchestra every five years or something like that. <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah. So very uh, very inspiring. Gave me some energy. Made me feel good about where jazz is going and a lot of good stuff to listen to and then stuff like Derek, Derek Haas just playing that stuff it, it's, it's yeah there's so much good music out right now love it really is mm-hmm. it really is and I, I I have this podcast to thank to turning me on to a lot of the newer jazz musicians out there because you know yeah. not necessarily names that I would have known had it not been for oh yeah for mm-hmm. you guys yeah Nick's yeah. been coming uh, in with the fire man but oh, uh, yeah. oh yeah you know if, 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 if we if we could pivot I, I could uh, I could I think I have a some, an interesting uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Where are we going? Well, another Absolutely. jazz musician. Uh, Where are you taking no. us? So, I, I I found out this uh, week that one of my f- friends' uh, metal bands was covered by one of the most prolific like jazz pianists alive. Mm. <laughs> so the band Periphery, which is like, f- formed in Washington D.C. Yeah. Um, some cl- some close friends, you know, we we, we kind of came up together, and then uh, Misha Mansoor, uh, you know, he 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 brought this band together, and the original bassist is one of my closest friends, so I was always hanging out, and Travis Orban was uh, yeah the first yeah. drummer, etc. So yeah, first guest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so they had a track on their original, uh, excuse me, on their first album that closed it out, called Race Car. And it's like a 13-minute song, I think. Anyway, Brad Meldow put out an album this week, I think, and lo and behold, he covered Race Car. This, really? <laughs> which, I, Jay, I don't know if we'll include a clip of Race Car, like, by Periphery, because it's, like, modern metal and, like, really, like, all over the place and loud. It, and... it, might, it might be good for the, the context. Absolutely. Yeah? Yeah. All right. Cross yeah. the empty Okay. Okay. So, so we got so we got we right. got the periphery so, so, version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so you guys, you get a little bit of the vibe. Got a there. sense of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, so now let's listen to Brad Meldow's version with Portuguese vocals, I believe. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh. 
pretty wild. That's to awesome. Hear that. That's yeah, awesome. It's, yeah, that's neat. Especially because <laughs> you have to remember, like when this album came out, I was I had like one foot in the metal community in DC and one foot in the jazz, and I would try to be <laughs> right. like to the jazz guys, like this. What these guys are doing is pretty hip. Yeah, you know, yeah. and they would look at me like I was crazy. Like, like you know, like I play, I play the periphery <laughs> stuff. They were like, "Yeah, this is not huh, at all." Like, they wouldn't even say anything. <laughs> like, they wouldn't even say like, ah, "I don't like this." They would just really be like, "Okay, yeah." So for Brad Meldow to now be covering it, like, and I even sent right? Misha a message. I was like, Dude, "I was like, this is so cool, man." Like, you know, he's like, "Yeah, only took a decade." <laughs> there it is. <laughs> but Catch you know, it's, it's funny, like. I was, I, was, yeah. I was actually thought that's not that much time, honestly. No, to mm-hmm. make that for, leap from a, for, for, a, for jazz a jazz artist to look at uh, like a heavy yeah. metal, yeah, yeah, and and yeah, cover that totally. But somehow he got you know. I mean, I'm not surprised that he liked it, but it's just the fact that it made it into his ear hole and then liked it enough to actually cover it on a record. That's that's pretty, so freaking pretty cool. wild, man. Yeah. So in any case, that was interesting. Another thing that was interesting is uh, an article I found that I, I thought I had to bring up on the show. It, what it was is uh, talking about a Steely Dan classic. Okay. From mm-hmm. their first record. What's the name of their first record, Jay? Can't Buy a Thrill. Can't Buy a Thrill by Steely Dan. They have a, a, so many good songs on there, but there's one in particular yes. called Only a Fool Would Say That. And <laughs> it turns out that it, that song was written about John Lennon. What? It- this blew my mind. I had no idea. Yeah. I mean, it's never been one of my favorite tracks on that album, but... It's not that... Just, I, mean, I, I never yeah, would have guessed. Yeah. And so, if I mean, I don't know, Jay, do you want to play a little bit of that real quick? Yeah, sure. All right. A world become one Salads and sun, only a fool would say that. A boy with a plan, a natural man, wearing a white Stetson hat. On hand that got be gone, there's no one to fire upon. If he's holding it high, he's telling a lie. I heard it was you. interesting it's it, it's an interesting take um uh you know and and probably a very realistic take uh, in the sense that there were probably some people that were thinking you know seeing john lennon in those days you know we look back and we're like wow you know like give peace a chance like who how, right. who, who wouldn't be down for that right, right he's right, making right. the point like maybe the guy who lives in the street is like doesn't care about you know what i mean like yeah. peace in the world right yeah. now uh, because yeah. he can't, he's he lives in the street. Perch, Mr. Lennon. Yeah. Right, and, right. So, and so that's what the song is about. And it made me realize. Well, I'm actually like real talk. I brought it up to to Kaz, who said, um, "Oh, it's a diss track." And I was like, "Yes, <laughs> it's a diss track." And I it's love diss, diss track. tracks. So I decided, <laughs> let's do a new bit called diss All track. Right. All oh right. snap! Yeah, new bit. Let's, let's crank it up. Yo, I ain't got no friends. I'ma do this track. 
Westside, MOB, Bad Boy Killer. <laughs> hey, Fat Boy. First off, touch till chick and the click you claim. Westside, when we ride, come equipped with game. You claim to be a player, but I bust your Yeah, this track. Oh, yeah. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Dirty. Oh, man. Yeah, man. All right. Because, you know, listen, man. Music is the universal language, and sometimes what you want to say is a diss to somebody else. So, you wanna, so what do we do right? in this bit? What's the deal? Let's just talk about different songs that could be, you know, considered diss tracks. You guys know a few, don't you? I mean, Nick, didn't you mention something yeah, that Greg, was in the news? Greg, this, this blew my mind when you brought this up today. Oh. Because, yeah, because because I, I honestly thought, I thought this was going to be about Pusha T. Pusha T. Yeah, Pusha T just released a an Arby's commercial for a spicy fish sandwich. He was what? he was hired he was hired to make a song for Arby's about their new spicy fish sandwich, and he what? decided to take the opportunity to lay out his grievances to McDonald's for their inadequate uh, uh, payments for his work on <laughs> ba da ba ba ba. We're loving it. I'm loving it. Uh, I'm loving it. God, I'm loving uh, it. Uh, I didn't realize he had anything. So you're saying Pusha T worked on a McDonald's jingle <laughs> and was not receiving adequate payments and then he, he was doesn't hired. feel like his pay was adequate. So now he's been hired by Arby's to do a jingle for a new fish sandwich and decided to take the opportunity to use it to create a diss track about to McDonald's. To create a diss track, yes. We gotta hear this. Okay, let's hear it. Oh. It's already I'm the reason the whole world love it. Now I gotta crush it. Vallejo fishes. Then you should be disgusted How dare you sell a square fish Asking us to trust it A half slice of cheese Mickey D's on a budget oh, Arby's crispy no. fish Simply With lines round the corner We might need a guest list Exit stage left The sandwiches taste fresh A little cube of fish from a clown Is basic Say less This argument is baseless Drowned in tartar That filet fish is tasteless See Arby's only deals in the greatness I bet the house on it like it's Vegas Look I could sell water to a well. How could you ever think I'd fail? Yeah, the crispy fish sandwich blazing trails. The oh. other clown's just too frail. That's right. Ooh, yeah. wow. If you know me and you know me well, our fish is gonna tip that scale. Put his name to the fish. Brought to you by the unrivaled, the unparalleled Arby's. <laughs> yeah, it's a commercial. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, man. Wow. <laughs> I mean, McDonald's better come back with something hard or they're going down. Uh, they that's won't. it. It's over. <laughs> they won't. Yeah, they won't. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it, look, I mean, d- diss tracks have been around for a long time. And honestly, it's one of the that, – that, that's kind of what that whole uh, movie 8 Mile, you know, was centered mm-hmm. around. You know, in the end, mm-hmm. he like you know they do like live dissing, you know, freestyle right. battles, and uh, so I don't know if maybe, but but there's hip hop examples, obviously. There's mm-hmm. yeah, you know, we could, we could go on and on about those, but there's also some non hip hop, more more uh, subtle, okay. yeah. examples. Yeah, I got I got one. What's that? Yeah. I got a couple actually. Yeah, it's, there's no. It was kind of like rumored in the '80s that the Stone, like the that Mick Jagger and Keith Richards were. We're kind of battling it out. They had some diss tracks going back and forth. Oh boy, I've never really bought into that, so I'm going to skip that. But okay. I'm just putting it out there that that's out there too. One of my favorite 
diss tracks. And I didn't know the backstory of this one until you shared this article and it was in there. Um, so I'm glad to finally get some closure. But I, I just remember hearing this song and just thinking, man, whoever they're talking about, they really hate. <laughs> and this song would be by Queen. Okay. The song is called Death on Two Legs. All right. It's the opening track, the opening freaking track on Night of the Opera. Oh, really? And apparently, according to this article, it, it, it is all pointed at their former manager, Norman Sheffield. Oh. Um, they're talking about how he stole money from them and screwed them over. And it's so bad that this guy, Norman Sheffield, actually tried to sue them for... For libel. Um, yeah, for libel and defamation. So, man, mm. death on two legs. This is a good one. I mean, wow. when you're getting put down by Queen like that, yeah, man. you got all pretty hurt. You're all hot and busy. Yeah, yowch. He was not happy about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this what about track. Like, what about yeah? What about what about the whole like jaded lover angle? Because isn't like Tragic Kingdom that that entire album? Uh, we don't need to listen to any of it, but no doubts. I, that was the first thing that popped into my head until uh, until I remember the the push a T one. Does that qualify? Yeah, that was a weird Absolutely. one. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. Like, whatever, whatever pretty you need to get off your chest. Yeah. Fleetwood Mac, <laughs> a lot of Fleetwood Mac then. Yep, yeah. Oh God, yeah. Even yeah, some, even some Justin Timberlake. Yeah. You know, Cry Me a River. Cry Me a River. Yep. I didn't know that was about Britney Spears, but it makes a yeah. lot of sense. Yeah. 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 And if you watch the video, there's a girl who looks just like Britney Spears in it. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they kind of they, they do a good job of like hiding her face, but. It's, it's been a minute, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it has. It has been a minute. <laughs> the classic one, though, I mean, everyone always used to talk about it, was Carly Simon, You're So Vain. Ah, yeah. yes. Yeah. Another one where people didn't, everyone talked about, whether it, was it Mick Jagger, was it uh, David Geffen, was it, you know, who was it? But I don't know, has, has the mystery been solved? It, it, at least this article says there was this guy, Daniel Armstrong, which... I don't know who that I is. I don't know so it's either. Not very interesting. In any case, <laughs> she, she, you know, she's using the music. It's the the, the it's animosity. Baby. Ah, yeah. The animosity is being channeled into the song, right? Yeah. Through the song, yeah. I should say. So there. I mean, you know, it. And it's what's interesting is when you, they start going back and forth. You know, as uh, Tupac and Biggie did. 
Um, <laughs> but I think from now on, we should just kind of be uh, be aware of any kind of dissing that that goes on, and maybe bring it back up in this bit because I think it's a it's like a it's almost like its own genre of music, like diss tracks. Yeah, I love it. All right, I love yeah. It. Cool. I don't. Yeah, I, I, don't I, I honestly don't have too much more besides that, unless anybody has any other diss tracks to to bring. Well, up. I I just I just wanted to mention, and again, this is just from the article. I didn't know this, but Greg, were you aware that the Foo Fighters I all stick around? Courtney Love was about Courtney Love. I did know. Uh, I I was somehow familiar with that. I mean, it makes sense. But yeah. I had no idea. I what, thought was, what was what was what's the song about? I don't know if I know that one. Oh, I mean, that was like the first Foo Fighters single. Oh, was right? it? Oh, okay. Is that correct? Okay. Uh, second. Second, second single from the from oh, okay. the uh, from the first I'll album. I'll stick around. I'll stick around. Um, yeah, it's great a good song. Album. But yeah. you know, the, like the chorus is, "I don't owe you anything." That's right. I don't owe you yeah, okay. anything. And apparently, that's all directed to Courtney Love, who right. um, he didn't believe in and thought he was. She was just trying to, you know, capitalize on. Right, on right, right, right. the suicide Kurt, and, and man yeah. like uh, yeah so kind of interesting that that one really took me by surprise I had never thought of that song in that way before mm-hmm. she is she has been she's 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 tough yeah she she really she comes out and really just just says some awful stuff and it's I think kind of makes it kind of hard probably but yeah uh, well I believe I believe most of Taylor Smith or diss tracks. Right. <laughs> it's pretty much all diss tracks, right? Right. <laughs> diss records. <laughs> yeah. yeah diss exactly. career. Diss, diss albums. Yeah, man. Obviously, he's going to... Well, even I, even I could go back to um, Miles and Coltrane when uh, with, uh, you know, Giant Steps coming out and then Miles coming out with So What. <laughs> oh, that's huh. right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Which Coltrane's on. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. The feuds exist and shall continue. Yes, as indeed. Long, as long as we push it, is, is, is it's pushing creativity, you know. I don't know if John Lennon ever heard that track or cared or fought back, but it would have been interesting to hear his retort. Indeed. Yeah, yeah it, sometimes it seems like it's in humor or for the sake of like, uh, or a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but yeah, I mean, I think it's something to be said for using anger as like a creative fuel. Mm-hmm. It's tough, though. Have you ever, you guys no, don't write it's hard as many lyrics, it. but like, I've tried to write songs in the past that were definitely directed at a person mm-hmm. first of all it's really hard as a songwriter to write that song and not be incredibly specific about explicit it, 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 yeah. yeah to not like show clear, your hand about who you're yeah. who you're talking about and b like you said nick by the time you usually get around to like performing it and recording it you usually don't have those same kind of like that same animosity <laughs> yeah so, you know <laughs> and usually well, it just kind of comes off as bitter and jaded. You, you do yeah. a good job of growing, I think, is what it comes down to. And yeah, and yeah you so. get past these things. So, <laughs> uh, not everyone. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Got beef. Love you, Tay Tay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but she, I mean, it, it, it's kind of <clears> like <throat> it, it, spite is another word that comes up. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if you guys keep track on uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm, but they, that's often a theme. The, sh- oh, the really? Larry David show, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, in any case, are the new are the new seasons good? Oh, yeah. I mean, of course, fantastic, good. Course so good, yeah. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but so basically, like, I'll, I'll just give a quick example. There's um, 
a guy who Larry's friendly with at first named Mocha Joe, who has a coffee shop called Mocha Joe's. And Naturally. Larry, yeah. Larry comes in and the coffee's too hot. Or, no, no, it's cold. The scones are wrong. The table, mm. the table is wiggling. Nothing's you know? right. Nothing's right. Nothing's right. <laughs> Everything pisses Larry David off. And he's like, he tells Mocha Joe, he's like, I oh, want you to open your own store. You know, he's like, maybe I will. So he opens up a, a, a spite store <laughs> called Latte Larry's, <laughs> like next door. <laughs> it's, it's, and, and like that, that that's it's a, a disaster. It's not, even, it's not just yeah. one episode. It's like the whole season becomes about, yeah, you know, that's the cornerstone his, of the his season. spite yeah. store. You know, so. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, that, there you have it, man. Diss track. Beautiful. Let, let's yeah. let, let, let's keep our ears to the ground for future diss tracks. Yo, I ain't got no friends. Yeah, I'm gonna do this track. That's right. Yeah. Westside, <laughs> MOB, Bad Boy Killer. Hey, <laughs> Fat Boy. First off, touch till shit in the click you claim. Westside, when we ride, come equipped with game. You claim to be a player, but I'll bust your wife. We <laughs> All right, well. Oh, man, <laughs> I crank it, man. Come on. <laughs> Thank you, Tupac. Thank you, Biggie. Uh, Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Greg. Greg, why don't you tell the fine folks how to get in touch with us, please, before we head on out of here. All right. Well, you could go to youshouldcheckitout.com. Find us on social media, on Facebook and Instagram, the metaverse, if you will. On Twitter, our handle is at shouldcheck. Uh, Give us a listen on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, wherever podcasts are heard, and leave us a review. And as always, tell a friend you should check it out. Oh, I forgot one thing. Uh And also, if you want to send us an email, podcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. Right. Maybe we should start creating beef with, like, fellow content creators, like other Uh, podcasts. Like other podcasts. Other music podcasts. Maybe that that would help. Who do you want to go after? Who should we go after? Come at us, Song song Exploder. Ira Glass, you can... No, I'm just... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> this is some kind of big targets maybe we should start smaller okay yeah but no no you, you you gotta go for the king right that's really the only way to get any press out of it hey, that's right come right. with the king you best not miss well you know you know who you're talking to oh i'm gonna miss <laughs> i just want everyone to see it right <laughs> spectacular failure yeah that you should check it out story you should story. check out a spectacular failure yeah uh, Boys, it's been a fantastic pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. And we'll see you back here next week. Stay safe. Peace. See you guys. (laughs) Later, boys.